Welcome to the Badassery Unleashed podcast, episode number nine with Pete Godfrey. Hi, I'm Laura Francis and welcome to the Badassery Unleashed podcast. The place creative, visionary and spiritual online entrepreneurs come to challenge how things are done, to disrupt social norms and to question their beliefs so that they can be free to live their lives fully expressed on their terms and by their rules. If you're ready to raise two fingers to the archaic social constructs and rules we live and do business by, to get clearer on who you are at a core level, to unapologetically speak your truth, to tap into your internal power and to unleash your message onto the world so that you can easily attract your soulmate clients and claim the success, money and lifestyle you desire and deserve, then you're in the right place. With 19 years of experience in the marketing arena, Pete Godfrey, aka the Wizard of Words, has developed a keen eye as to what it takes to succeed in business. As one of Australia's most successful and highest paid copywriters and strategic storytellers, Pete has the uncanny ability to turn the written word into money. His irreverent style and no bullshit attitude offends some, attracts others, but his clients wouldn't have it any other way. Check out Pete's free weekly podcast, The Pete Godfrey Persuasion Show, on iTunes or listen in at his website, PeteGodfreyShow.com. Hey Pete, thanks for joining us. It's great to have you on the show and I'm really excited about this episode and sharing your wizardry with our listeners. Thanks for coming along. Hey, it's good to be here, Laura. Uh, I've learned so much about uh, what you've been doing the last several years, so I'm excited to be here and and I really like the format you're doing and, and for the listeners, th- this talk could go anywhere because we haven't prepared but we've got a lot of experience. So this, I'm looking forward to seeing where this this show goes, Laura. Yeah, me too, mate. Me too. And the thing is, I don't actually have a rigid format because I am not a structured person. So if I was to sit here and do this with a script and some sort of rigidity, it'd be like the biggest flop in the world. And it wouldn't be as much fun either, right? Yeah, it'd be boring. All right. So today we're talking about the power of persuasion and storytelling and how you can use that in your marketing to call in your soulmate clients and to make big ass bank. Yep. Excellent. I'll let you just free flow. Tell us all about storytelling and power of persuasion and how we can use that to our advantage. All right. I'll I'll give you a bit of background first. 2000, I started a little mail order business and uh, everything sort of grew from there. But but I realized the first sales letter I wrote, the more I put me into the sales letter and what I was really about and how I, I generally wanted to help others do what I was doing, the more sales I would make. So, so that was a big lesson right from the word go. Back in those days, I was selling a low-end business opportunity information. Really humble beginnings, Laura, how to make money at flea markets because that used to do. But you got to understand back then, all the bizop mags, they used to have these ads in there and they'd have the guy in a tuxedo standing next to a Rolls Royce and in the background, supposedly his big mansion. So I started to tell the story that, uh, hey, I, I don't own a, don't, I've never worn a tie, uh, I don't own, own a Rolls and I don't own a mansion, but every weekend I make a thousand extra dollars and I could show you how. So I was selling against those people. And by the way, Laura, I, I found out 
it didn't take me long that the dude didn't own the tuxedo. He didn't own the rolls and, and it wasn't his freaking mansion. But and by the just truth <laughs> is Pete, that they seldom do own those things, right? It's normal. Yeah. And even now, that's one of the things, and I'm sure you see a lot of it. That's one of the things that's prevalent across social media. You know, you've got the Ty Lopez's, and I'm, you know, he probably does have the money these days to drive around in a Lamborghini. But you know, like they go to the car yards and they test drive these vehicles and they pull up out the front of these multi million dollar houses, mansions, palaces, even. And it's like, this is my life and I can show you how to do it in, you know, five steps or less. Now, we all know that's bullshit. Well, some of us know that's bullshit, but a lot of people fall for those tactics. Yeah, it's douchebag behaviour, mate. Um, yeah. um, but the, the big lesson for, uh, for your listeners, you know, it's all about, I was sharing values that they had in, that I had in common with my market. I knew that market because I was one of them. It wasn't people trying to invest in real estate. It was blue collar workers who wanted to make some extra coin on the weekends. Yeah. So I really knew that market. I shared my values and, and I admitted, uh, and here's a, another po- important lesson I think I got from Dan Kennedy way back when I started, you know, is you omit some flaws. It, it makes you more human, but it also makes your your story more believable because you, you're not trying to be perfect. You're omitting your flaws, but there's a caveat with this. And I see it a lot on social media. When you omit a flaw, you know, you got to do it in the right way, a strategic way. And, and I've got a saying just because you're strategic doesn't mean you're not sincere. Yes. So some people get it all bit, you know, bit funny, like they've just stepped in dog shit or something. Once you say the word strategic, but you can be strategic and still be sincere. And by sharing those values and admitting a slight flaw, like take Superman, for instance, uh, you know, he's one flaw is kryptonite. If, if yeah. there was no kryptonite, Superman would be boring. There'd be no tension. So you let people into your life through your stories, but they are very, very strategically written. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I, well, not I think, I know that I relate big time with you as far as values are concerned, because you know, I'm not necessarily a wizardry, a wizard at storytelling, but I feel that I write really, really good copy, and that translates in good sales for me, like really great sales. But one of the things that I do is I share my values. You know, what I stand for, what I stand against, what's really important to me, what pisses me off, and that's something that I educate my clients in. Why do you think that works so well, Pete? Because you're pissing off everyone else that's not in step with you. You've got to repel to attract. And you can do it in different levels. You can be very, very controversial or you can be more laid back. These days, hey, I was, you know, when I first started out, started the 2000s, when I used to get on people's stages, they always used to have the quiet talk to Pete, you know, to, to you know, God, just keep it together a bit, Pete, you know, because... You know, I had that, they thought I may have been a bit of a loose cannon and I could have gone off. These days, I'm in my 50s now, so I'm a bit more laid back. But you, you, can, you can attract, you can repel to attract on all different levels. You can be totally controversial or you can be more laid back. But it's all about, it's all about the enemy in common too. And this is another story click that we always use. Every market's got an enemy in common. And if you bring that up in your stories, and you fight on your market's behalf, they'll love you even more because, mm. you know, you've thrown rocks at their enemies. Mm. And here's another thing. Uh, uh, look, I've got a saying, you know, I'm, I'm here to record, not judge. So, so I don't judge any behavior. I'm, I'm not here to judge anyone. I mean, 
my God. But but I record it because I'm a persuader and the more I understand about people, the, the better I can sell. But um, a lot of people put up a lot of stuff on social media and, and it's an old quote, they want to see your scars, not your wounds. Yes. And, and what I mean by that, some people can go too far and reveal all this pain that they're going through, but the next week they want you to sign up for something where they're going to get your shit together. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Share, that's share the bottom line, isn't it? That's the vulnerability, and and people tend to go too far. I do happen to agree with you because it's all well and good to you know share some truths, share share the scars, like you said, share the vulnerability. But if you're sharing that vulnerability and it's a weakness or you know something that you don't seem to have capacity to work through yourself, then you're if you're trying to sell a product related to that to your soulmate clients, they're not going to buy it. Yeah, and, and well, the, that old saying, they want to see your scars, not your wounds, like you can tell them about the wounds that you had, but now they're scars. Yes. You, you, the, the wounds have healed. Yes. You, you've discovered the, how to do that, and, and now you're sharing with, your, with the world. In, in 2010, I'd done a two-day seminar on creating stories that sell, and I called it Cash Characters, and, and, and I still help my clients, you know, with cash characters. And cash character is you, but a strategic embellished you that, that, that attracts cash, you know, that, that, that becomes the, the person in your industry or niche, you know? Yeah, so, let's talk about that a little bit in more detail. Yeah, well, well the cash character, you know, when I say it to some people, like, they think, oh, yeah, you've got to make up stories about me. I said, no, no, no. You, you've got all the stories there. But because I've been doing this so long, I can strategically pull them out of you and use them in a strategic way. Like I mentioned one, uh, you know, vision stories are great, you know, where, where you've got a vision for your audience. Yeah. You know, um, the day, uh, I've got a great one that I've used for several clients, you know, the day that changed my life. Uh, I think Russell Brunson calls it his epiphany story. Yes. But I've always called it the day that changed my life. It's the day that, you know, this new thing come into your life and you knew then that your life was never going to be the same, mm. you know. And, and when, I, when I sell from stage, I, I, I tell my day that changed my life story, how, how I went to a seminar, I couldn't afford to be there. A guy was selling this product on how to start a mail order business. I didn't have the money to buy it, but I ended up buying it on split payments over three different credit cards, you know, $20 yeah. here, $40 there. And then I was worried all the way back home because I knew the power was going to get cut off. I knew that we had electricity bill due. I was worried about coming home and telling my wife and stuff. And the story ends, and this gets very emotional. It only goes for about five minutes. The story ends where I tell the leader what I've done, and and she she looked at me and said, you know, uh, you did the right thing. I always knew you'd do something special. And the end of that story, I, I said, uh, I look at the crowd. There's a silence in the room then, and I and I just say, you know, I realize in that instant, two things instantly. One, just how much I love my wife, but two, that my life would never be the same again. Mm. And the audience just erupts. Now, you can that story is true, absolutely true. I'm not just pulling it out my backside, but I've said it in an emotional, strategic way. That, and, and I rushed it there so you didn't get the, the full impact. But, but um, when done on stage in front of two, three, four hundred people, 
it really makes an impact and it, and it shares my values too, Laura. It shares my experience Absolutely. in this industry. It sends, uh, sells my values and, and I've got a throwaway line about my wife. I, I said, you know, um, and by the way, I met my wife when I was 19 and we're still married. I'm 53 years old now. And everyone goes, oh, shit. And I, and I look to the crowd and say, I'm not a quitter. Yeah. You know, and everyone laughs. So it, it involves the audience. But also I end with, you know, and my life was never going to be the same. And it was this skill that I'm going to about to teach them is why my life could never be the same. So mm. that's a beautiful story to tell for anyone. And I think, I think most of your listeners would have had that that time in their life where they thought, wow, shit, you know, I ain't ever going back. You know, this is the epiphany. This is yeah. the day that changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. And Pete, I've got a question because, you know, one yeah. thing that really annoys the fuck out of me is the victim story, right? And I know it's hugely mm. popular and people will have it that it's highly influential and blah, blah, blah. I think the victim story is abhorrent. I don't like it. I won't use it. And I've been rejected for interviews and this sort of thing over the last five and ten years in business because I refuse to talk about my victim story. I don't have a victim story. I'm a thriver, not a victim. I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm a, I'm a victim, not a victim. And I think... Like personally for me, I love the epiphany story. I love that this changed my life story because this is where I was at and this is where what happened the moment I changed X, Y, Z about my life. But I think the victim story has a tendency to also attract people who are stuck in that victim mentality. But it's deeper than that too. What are your thoughts on that? And, you know, what do you see as the contrast between the two? Well, here's the thing, and, and I've written copious amounts of 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 words and teachings on that subject of, of victims i'm glad you brought it up I, I i cannot see any strategic purpose of why you would i've got an old saying you know uh, sharing sympathy you know seeking sympathy from from strangers only prolongs the pain yeah. and what i mean by that is a lot of people they make posts and and I, hey and also here once again no friggin judgment i don't no. care what they do they're not me they make posts and seek and sympathy now what will happen in those posts is they'll get a ton uh, of likes and, and engagement and and poor you and and sending your prayers and hugs and all this shit mm. um, but you can easily get addicted to that dopamine hit yes. and, and keep on posting this this victim shit now if you're a leader why would anyone follow you if you're a victim and and here's another thing too who are you attracting? Uh, I call them broken wings. I don't want to um, attract broken wings in my life. You know, I can break my own wings anytime I want. You know? I'm not going to, I've got a saying, I've got a saying, you know, I'm not going to be your life raft, you know, no. for my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. I'm not your life raft. If I'm your, if, if you're desperate to, to bring some cash in and you're seeing me as your savior, you know, don't. Go, you know, I'm polite with it, but you know, I don't want them. So, so getting back to victims, oh, you know, we could all be victims if we let ourselves think that way. But I've made a conscious effort for many, many years to get rid of any type of victim thinking in my life. It's it's just non-existent. It's not there. No, there are there are people who 
dictate that the way to get your soulmate clients is to, you know, have the victim story. Well, personally, I think it's a crock of shit. I don't want to attract victims. I want to look, attract people who are looking to up-level their, their thinking, their, their experiences, what they attract and call into their lives, not to stay stuck in their stories and their past patterns and behaviours and belief systems. And uh, if I was doing the riddle of the victim story, I would be perpetuating that type of behaviour, not helping people to have the transformations and shifts through and beyond that. I'm amazed people are, are, are saying to do it. Um, oh. It's just totally, it's totally wrong for your own mindset. Yeah. And it's totally wrong in a positioning way where you're trying to position yourself as the leader for other people to invest in you. And And here's another thing that I've written a lot about, you know, situations whatever has happened to you doesn't cause the feelings it, right. it, it's it's the story that you attach to to the experience the story and the thoughts that you t attach to that situation that causes these feelings you know so it's not the situation itself and and, and this is where people you can wallow in a lot of that stuff and you'll never you'll never end up flying you'll never end up shining you never you'll never end up doing anything because you're, you're trapped with that victim mentality. A great book to read, and it's huge. It took me a long time to read, and I'm an avid reader, is by Anne Rand called Atlas Shrugged. And uh, it's a you would love it, Laura. And, and and it was written probably 60, 70 years ago. But Anne Rand, she she was she was just so brilliant. You know, her philosophy of success without guilt, and, and she called the people who did things producers, and the rest just had their hands out <laughs> you know and, and atlas shrugged is all about what happens when all those producers disappear what yeah. happens to the world where there's only people left with their hands out hence the title atlas yeah. shrugged you know he's holding up the world and then he shrugs you yeah. know but what an amazing woman but yeah uh, the, the the people i surround myself with and and i can be very reclusive but i do talk to a lot of people each week and each day uh, definitely haven't got that victim mentality at all. I don't believe it serves you in any way. Well, not in any positive no. way, okay? It, it serves only to keep you stuck and to keep you, you know, socially conditioned and playing small and all of the things that really, in truth, we're trying to escape from. Not escape from, but to be free of. Yeah, and, and look, I understand people have got some horrific stories. If, if you've got a spare two hours, I can tell you some of the lowlights in my life over the last five, so six years. we spend the whole day doing that between the two of us. Yeah, yeah and then we'll just uh, have a good cry session, move on. But, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, there's, there, people do go, good people, shit happens to really good people, and some people have got horrific tales to, to, to tell. However... You know, I've got some really close people in my life that have been through hell and back, and and they're they're really doing great things. Mm. So it all all depends on what you want. And on the positioning side of things, nah, they want to see your scars. They don't they don't want to see your wounds. Yeah, okay? exactly. And I think you know that's a really great distinction. And thanks for going into detail on that. I, I feel that there's so much pressure. And, you know, I've been there and done that too because when I started out in business, I was straight out of corporate. I took the, the immediate skills I had and turned that into a business. And I started out with a virtual assistant business and that developed over the years, was a really good business, really successful, but instead of 
maintaining the freedom lifestyle that I intended to create. I ended up creating like a, a prison type business for myself where I was like trapped in the house and this, that and whatever. Long story short, I moved on, right? And yeah. I think, you know, it, there's so much information out there right now. And the, you know, there's a contrast in everything. And then the beautiful thing right now is that there's so much information out there. The shitty thing right now is that there's so much information out there. But you can, you know, the thing is, you get to choose what you take on and make your own truth, right? And what you, what you use then to either propel you forward or keep you stuck. And I think the more people that are out there sharing the truth, the epiphany stories and the evolution and their growth stories and that sort of thing, rather than, you know, staying stuck in that victim stance, I, I can only see that as expanding the greater consciousness of humankind. Yeah, and look, you know, I've always said I don't want to change the world with my business, but I do do want to help. I do want to help my people, and they know that there's a consistency there. And getting back to values, if you can share core values with your audience and your stories, if you can confirm their suspicions, this is another brilliant one. If you can confirm their beliefs and or confirm their suspicions, they'll bond with you so quickly it's it's unbelievable and that's a beautiful thing about social media you you can make a post right now and within seconds you've got interaction with with people so and storytelling strategic storytelling or story selling is is becoming even more and more important people don't want to read any more friggin information no. but they do want to be entertained now i remember i first heard this term I don't know, 2001 or two from, from uh, Matt Fury, great marketer. He was huge back then. He's, he had a lot of years off and he's making a comeback, but he was known as the email guy, Zen monk of the internet, and he made absolute millions. He turned a coin for his emails, and this is, applies to Facebook posts and shit like that as well, is infotaining. So it's information, but it's entertaining. And with most of the clients, I don't work with corporates. I, 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 don't like, I don't like having to have a committee but stand between me and my money. I'm getting paid. Yeah, so I deal with people who can pay me. They yeah. can make a decision. So a lot of these people, even if they're dentists, even if they're, you know, naturopaths, whatever, we personally brand them. You know, we, I bring out their stories, tell yeah. their stories. You know, if they know a little bit about you, like I published a newsletter, uh, a printed and posted newsletter from 2006 to 2017. People would pay me every month and I'd post out that newsletter to them. You know, totally story driven, Laura, and with lessons. When I went to seminars and when I saw my people, they would retell my stories to me. And, and when, when they do that, you know you're doing it right. So whenever I teach, it's always sort of story driven. It's not just boring and dry that just puts you to sleep. I've got some great books here that I force myself to read because I know the nuggets of goals in them, but they're very, very hard to read. No one's going to take the time to do that these days. No. People want to be entertained. They want that little hit, that little good feeling hit, and then go about their day. 
and they're distracted too. So boring information, you know, the seven steps to building a website or shit like that, that could be a good article, but you've got you to put some personality into it because I can search that on the internet and have five, 10,000 articles come flooding back at me, man. So there's got to be some point of difference. And when you, when you tell your own stories, when, when you position yourself in that unique way, like, like you have done too, Laura, no one can compete in that space. No one can, can steal you. No, exactly. Okay. And, and you would have seen over the years, I get really shitty when someone directly steals my content. And, you know, I've had people say to me, you know, how, why is that a trigger for you? Well, quite simply because they shouldn't fucking steal my work because that's me. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know. consider that some sort of violation. Yeah, there is. And, and it all depends on how much you want, you know. A lot of my shit had been stolen over the it's years. Ridiculous, isn't and, it? And I was, I was, my, you know, for a lot of years when I was doing a lot of seminar copy, I was the most ripped off copywriter in Australasia, you know, and, and I knew they were ripping my copy off, Laura, because the typos was the, the same, you know? <laughs> so, well. Um, oh, they'd be good um, with mine. I skip words, I add words in, miss out on the punctuation and still yeah, well, I, well, well, that's a good point too. And here's what we do as well is that you, 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 you make your own language. This is something I taught, teach my cast characters. You make your own language. So there's words and phrases that you use that, that your tribe knows is yours. Like yes. when I talk about Marnie uh, from the stage, I always say Marnie. You know, and people come up to me, where's the money, Pete? You know, <laughs> simple things, simple things like that. But yeah. also you can take it further. Like when, when you're, when you're naming your products, when you're naming the processes you, that you do, always put your own name to it. Like I, like I could give you 20 examples with clients, but I had, had one client, NLP life coach who helped divorce women. She did not do anything different than anyone else. The thousand, 10,000 NLP life coaches doing the same shit but i come up with act what she does is act uh, advanced change technique mm -hmm. now that that is totally hers now Pe people can't compete against her because that's her process yes exactly. it's still basically the same process but we've named it so um a, a good thing for your stories just to recap is make your own language up that's yours and name your processes so it's yours. And that way, you know, it doesn't matter if they steal other shit. They can't steal you. They can't steal those names. Every, everyone knows that they're yours. So, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it's great when you've got a, a great tribe. Like I've built up my, over mine for so long. They tell me when people have stolen my emails and, or, or stolen my copy or, or teaching my stuff. I don't mind people people teaching my stuff if they just acknowledge me like I do when like when I'm talking I always acknowledge Kennedy or, or yeah, exactly. someone like that if yeah. I get it from someone so it's just a, a sign of respect and it doesn't make you smaller by acknowledging people it actually makes you bigger in the eyes of your audience they go oh shit I absolutely agree with you and that's exactly where I was going to there was an incident a couple of years ago and someone had directly copied a, a blog post of mine and put it out as their own I had about 30 people inboxing me saying, hey, have you seen XYZ did this? And it's just like, what? 
And because I do, you would know, like I write my own words my own way, like and my punctuation goes where it shouldn't go and all of that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I write how I speak and how I think and it just flows straight out of me. I don't, I don't try to constrict the flow of the message. And if that means that then, you know, I'm not using proper English and my grammar's not perfect, then so be it. And but that's the thing, and that's where you know personal branding. I have to agree, really comes into its own because your people, your tribe, your audience, your community, those that love you, and basically you know froth on everything that you put out there, and they're hungry for the next bit of you know content that you're delivering. They know that it's your stuff, and they get excited about it. So when they see something that is replicated. Or, or directly stolen, they just go, what the hell is this person doing? And you don't do yourself any favours by copying or being, you know, directly using other people's content because people take that as a, you know, a lack of confidence and therefore you blow your credibility, you know, you blow that up. It's no good for you. Well, it's it's just, you know, it's something I wouldn't even consider doing it, doing, no. but I know a lot of people do, but but they'll never build lasting success the good the, the really cool thing about the world we're living in now it's really easy if you know just a, just a tenth of what laura knows about marketing you you, you can build a nice little business uh, sustained success is a lot harder to keep that going especially in this kind of biz for many many years it, it, it comes down to a few things but one of it is, is just you know you're forever changing but you're still consistent in that core message yeah, exactly. And pe- pe- people people know what to expect of you when they, when they read your stuff. Mm. And because frankly, and Atacha, I only had this conversation yesterday with a uh, coaching uh, call. You know, attach your own label to yourself. If if you're just starting out, attach your own label because mm-hmm. people like it or not, people will label you. But get in there first and label yourself. You know, uh, like the wizard of words. Everyone knows me as the wizard, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That goes back to about 2003 when I wrote the sales letter for a a client. He said, man, you're you're like some magician. You're you're like a wizard. And I said, like a wizard of words? He said, yes, that's right. That's the true story. Yeah. Um, And then, then, you know, I I just latched on it. Of course, course. I'm a copywriter, you know? Wizard of words. And, and, and I launched that basically saying, Hey, it's not, it's not what I call myself. This is what my clients call me, which was absolutely true. But the, you know, it's like life coaches these days, there's that many copywriters and, and, and I really don't like being referred to as a copywriter really, because that's just a, that's just a tiny part of the stuff I do with clients, you know, good with the words, but it's the strategy and, 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 and it's the positioning and, and all these other beautiful, fun things that we do. Mm. But, but yeah, um, so that makes me different from everyone else. Cause you know, there's so many copywriters these days, you know, um, but you know, there's only one wizard of words, which is cool. Yeah. And, and it's the same for your listeners. There can only be, there'll be one of them too, if they do it right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good thing that you bring up too because we, you know, there's so many people out there doing so many things as in, you know, so there's so many spiritual coaches, there's so many intuitives, there's so many mindset coaches, there's so many marketers, there's so many this, that and whatever. And people think that there's already somebody else out there doing it so they can't, but that's not true, is it? Because you're always going to do it different to, you know, 
the other person because you they can't do it your way and you can't do it their way because they're not you and you're not yeah. them. But so many people let that threat of competition or somebody's already out there doing it, that belief system that, that it's already been done so I can't, they let that stop them. Yeah, and, and, and you know, don't. I, I, when I first started, I just jumped in and yeah. I started swimming and then I quit my day job and I had to make it work. And, and, and there was, you know, there was some scary times. But I, and I didn't compare myself against all the other great copywriters out there. I was too busy running my mail order business and on the side writing copy for other people. So yeah. I didn't care. Like I always get young copywriters, like they're all, all in the groups and they, they all communicate hundreds of different copywriters every day together, liking and, and stuff. And that's great. No judgment. But, but I haven't got time for that. And so, so, so um, you know, they ask me sometimes, you know, what do you think of, and they'll say a new copywriter's name. And I've never even heard of it. And this is an ant. This is straight out Anne Rand. But I friggin' love it, Laura. They say, what do you think about Tim Jones? And, and I just say, I don't think about Tim Jones. Exactly. And there's always, there's always that pause. The thing of trying to be a smart ass. Hey, I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I just don't think of him. I don't even know him. I know. know. What that means is that you can stay in your own lane. And that's great that you brought that up, Pete, because I remember listening to Gary V not that long ago. And he was saying, like, his friends, the, the, the affluent marketers, the, you know, the this, that and whatever's of the marketing industry. And they're like, oh, you know, did you see my such and such? And he's like, man, I don't watch your shit. He's like, I'm too yeah. busy fucking watching my own shit and creating my own stuff to focus on what you're doing. And I think that's yeah. one of the things that, you know, so with social media, there's this thing, it's comparatonitis, right? Like you, you, you try to be like somebody else and it's all, there's a fine line between emulating somebody else and, and you know, wanting to get to where they are and um, comparing yourself to them and allowing that to, or letting that, stop you from getting to where you really need to be yeah who wants to be a watered down version of someone else no you know? thanks and that's um, you know, that's part of my message isn't it pete you know like teaching you to find your own voice to go within find out who you are and then become that person fully and yeah. i think it's really important yeah. that people do that yeah and and look there's another insidious thing you know the old fomo fear of missing out look if you've got your own vision of what you want in life that FOMO shit falls away because, you know, even after all these years, you know, I get up in the morning and, and, you know, I've, I've got a vision of how my day is going to, how my day is going to go. Yeah. And that first hour is sacred to me. I'm not looking to see what everyone else is doing. I, I, I don't, my therapist says I have to be more social, Laura. So I do try to, <laughs> nah, I'm just, just kidding, all right? Uh, I well, do scroll. Like you and I were on the phone this morning at 6.30 or something, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I do scroll through Facebook, but I don't spend much time there. I just check out a couple of people, go inside my group, and then I'm out of there. So yeah. it's strategically planned. I'm not thinking about, oh, fuck, I, I missed out on doing that. Oh, shit, I wish I could do that. No, I'm, I'm too focused on what's in front of me. Yeah, you know, um, you know, as soon as we finish this call, I'm, ba I'm back onto my stuff and then I've got two hours uh, allocated to doing a client's copy. You know, so, and I know if I, if I stick to my own vision, I'm not going to get sidetracked. And this is what I tell my, my people, you know, and, and they can, they come to expect that from me. So getting back to your listeners, Laura, you know, you start putting out your, your message in a strategic way, you'll, re you'll repel some, but you'll attract the people that you can actually enjoy working with 
and you can build your own reputation and you know you gotta especially these days you you gotta have some entertainment value in the post that you make you can't just be all serious all the time just teaching boring how-to shit because everyone does that yeah oh i know and i mean how many how many seven steps and 12 12 things you must do and all of that stuff can you read before you just want to stab something right i think that you know it was the thing though wasn't it back in the day was you know that sort of stuff really helped and it helped for a variety of reasons and i think one of the things that really drove that was the seo side of things of course Um, you know from a marketing perspective that was really good but you're flogging a dead horse these days when you're doing stuff like that. Look, Pete, we do need to wrap up, mate, but I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'd love to thank you so much for coming along. The listeners of the Badass Unleashed podcast are going to get so much value out of that. You've got a free offer for us today or for me to share with the audience today, Pete. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that and how our listeners can get yep. hold of it? If, if they if they just go to um, PeteGodfreyShow.com, there's nothing to opt in for. It's just where, where I do my podcast. I'm up to 150-something episodes, and all I talk about is life, persuasion, sales, all that good stuff. So if they want to do that, it's PeteGodfreyShow.com. Fantastic, Pete. I'll make sure I put that link up in the show notes on the show notes page. Thanks again, mate. I really appreciate your time. Wonderful information. Great chatting with you. And I hope we can do it again another time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Badassery Unleashed podcast. You can find this episode and more over at laurafrancis.com.au. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Be sure to check out my free digital publication, Badassery Unleashed magazine. Inside each issue, you'll find a mixture of inspirational success stories, business blueprints, strategies, and wealth mindset practices, plus exclusive access to offers, free trainings, behind the scenes into my world, mindset, spirituality, alignment, manifestation, entrepreneurship, and all that that entails. You can find Badassery Unleashed magazine at bit.ly forward slash badassery unleashed magazine remember to also hop over and rate us on itunes and to share this episode with your friends and loved ones who you know will relate and benefit from it and if you're not already come over and join me in my private facebook group 365 badass i go live almost every other day and constantly share tips tools and hacks on how you can quickly and easily dispose of the mindset marketing and sales ish that's blocking your natural flow of abundance and preventing you from sharing your message boldly and confidently from calling in more and more of your soulmate clients and from getting the sales you desire and enjoying the money and lifestyle you deserve Together, let's rip the band-aid off the shit that's preventing you from living your life abundantly, fully expressed on your terms and by your rules. I hope to see you there soon.